1: Bass Kayak and Beers is sponsored in part by Douglas Rod. Go to douglasoutdoors.com to check out their full lineup and locate your nearest authorized dealer. Welcome once again, boys and girls, to the Bass Kayak and Beers segment on the Paddle and Fin Network. We have a great show as always. This time we got Freddie Garza. He runs the Bass Nation Kayak Series in Georgia, the local trail in Georgia. And we're going to be talking about His role as a tournament director, as well as some of the great stuff he's doing for the youth tournament, uh, both in um, high school and college for this year and for the future. It is a great episode that I'm really looking forward to um, to share with you guys. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Freddie in to talk about Bass Nation and his role in the youth tournament. So, Freddie, once again, thank you for (laughs) joining us we're laughing because we started recording. Forty minutes into the recording, I realized I didn't hit the record button. So I'm—I've wasted about thirty or forty minutes of Freddie's time. Full disclosure: that he's not getting back, and he's still <laughs> keeping a smile. So, Freddie, thank you again, and again, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: That's about no it. Appreciate you having me on.
1: <laughs> oh man, it was—it's uh, yeah. I guess. Let's see, Freddie. So let's talk about you, Freddie. First of all, how do you get into fishing, kayak fishing, and how did you become a tournament for one of the biggest uh, names out there when it comes to bass fishing?
2: Um, yeah. So I uh, I started kayak fishing in uh, 2009. Um, I'm originally from the Austin area, Austin, Texas area. Um, fished a, um, uh, honestly, I, I, you know, I, I'd not fished for a lot of years um, until about 2009. And you know um i'm in the construction industry so 2000 after 2008 was kind of a a gray area for me and just trying to figure out what i wanted to do career wise um so i picked up fishing again and um, honestly i did a lot of bank fishing i didn't have a boat didn't have a kayak did a lot of bank fishing and i was there at a small reservoir in north austin uh called brushy creek uh it had just been compounded so it, it was still fairly new uh new water. So it was pretty exciting to, to get some bank fishing in and sparked a new, uh, new love for fishing. And I was sitting there one day and I saw this guy in a kayak and I'm like, man, that's, that's the way to go. So, you know, I had went over to Academy, got me my first kayak. And a few months later, um, real, I saw a guy there at Brushy Creek, as a matter of fact, with a Diablo. It was actually an, an Adios. And, uh, I'm like, man, I really like that rig. Uh, did a little diving into it and, um, Noticed that they were just they had just launched a a rotomold um, kayak called the Amigo. Uh, ended up getting one of those actually off of Craigslist. Um, and this is something I didn't say earlier, so it might be of interest in this interview. Yeah, but we go. <laughs> my, uh, my initial intent for for kayak fishing. I'm I'm a veteran myself, and I had just gotten back from uh, you know basic training actually at the, at the time. Uh, believe it or not, I went through basic training at uh, 37 years old. So <laughs> I was—I uh, had just gotten back, and uh, you know, wanted something to do, and I wanted to give back to my my brothers and sisters. So I wanted to do something for veterans, and uh, I reached out to Diablo Powder Sport. Lo and behold, what I didn't realize was that I knew the owner of the company. I'd actually grown grown up with him. I was raised with him. We went to church together. Our families knew our families, and. Uh, as soon as he knew what I wanted to do, next thing I knew, I had a fleet of, of Amigos and and Adios and choops And, you know, Rust's history when it comes to that's what kind of got me really hooked on it. And I did that for a lot of years. Um, Cats was going on there in Texas, and I fished a few of their events. Um, work just didn't allow for me to really be available for the live tournament. So I turned to uh, online fishing, and I did a lot of online tournaments, um, you know, throughout Fishing waters all throughout Texas. Uh, just fishing them online. Um, 2015, I got back in the construction industry after um, getting back from deployment, and um, found myself in Georgia. I, uh, definitely wanted to keep my, you know, love for kayak fishing alive, so started looking around. And I think at that time, uh, Georgia had really just started to really come on. You know, they, they'd been around for a few years, but as far as organization. Uh, it wasn't quite where you see it today. Um, you know, there were some smaller clubs, so I found them on Facebook. Never really made it out to any of their tournaments, uh, mainly because I realized that there was a gap in anything in my area. I was living in Athens at the time and uh, wanted to to do something for the community. And, you know, I, I created, uh, I think it was 2018, I uh, started uh, Classic City Kike Anglers out of Athens. And uh, we started a small trail. The only problem was that year, uh, about eight other clubs had really come on board. So Georgia experienced this huge growth. I mean, if you go back to those Facebook pages back then, everybody was saying, what, what's going on? Everybody, you know, everybody in there and their cat has a new trail this year. But anyway, long story short, um, that fizzled down. We've got about <laughs> two, two, two main trails now, which are very successful trails. And, you know, a lot of the guys that, that fish those are, are some really, really great, you know, some of our best anglers here in, in the state of Georgia. Um, but in that time, I uh, when I let go of, of the trail for Classic City, you know, I saw an opportunity. I noticed that uh, the, the big entities were starting to take interest in what we were doing. Um, we as a community, not just Georgia um and that being uh, bass so i reached out to bass and i formed uh, one of the first here in, in georgia the bass nation club <laughs> uh which then in turn turned into uh, an opportunity to become the director for the state so we held our um, first championship last year uh was the only tournament that we had and we qualified five for the uh, national championship that they held there in texas this year uh, we only were able to send three um with the change of date um, we lost yeah. it, but two weren't, uh, uh, they weren't available to go in June. Uh, so we ended up sending three there. And, you know, that's one of the nice things about, uh, you know, some of the states and how they've got things set up, you know, with, with the dues and everything, I know a lot of people have their opinions of, of what they believe they should pay for, you know, to be a part of something. But, you know, with, with us, we went our first year and we did have a, a state due and obviously you've got your national due when it comes to bass nation. Um, so you're, you're into it for about $75 a year, full blown. But what that gave our anglers was an opportunity because we were able to pay their, I believe it was, it was $400 each. We paid their entry fees to Texas. We gave them some gas money and we gave them some lodging money to go there. And that's where those fees go. Um, and I, th- yeah. I think that can be, you know, misconceived sometimes as, as far as, you know, where it goes. But, you know, for the state of Georgia, I can, I can honestly say with, with you know, affirmation and full and, full disclosure that all that money goes back to the anglers in some form or fashion. And, um, you know, the, the state director here for Georgia, uh, you know, was open armed. He, he realized that, you know, what he he was, a, he's a bass boat guy. Um, but he realized that, you know, we, we kind of knew and were organized and what we were doing and he allowed us that, you know, that free, free reign, you know, we, we kind of, put together what we needed to put together in our first year and he just fully supported it. And it's, it was amazing, you know, watching uh, social media, I noticed, uh, where I was listening to, to some of, of the horror stories coming out of other states that they were having difficulty in, in getting organized and, and getting something going where, you know, I felt blessed here in, in Georgia knowing that, you know, we had full support of our, of our boat brothers. And, uh, you know, we, we made the best of it last year. We had just shy of 50 in our first, uh, first championship tournament um you know jason alford who's a huge uh, huge hammer here in, in georgia he's won uh state championships and uh the first ever georgia bass nation championship so uh, hats off to him you know he, he's a very good angler he went to to texas and did his very best and you know should definitely be proud of, of what he did out there and um anyway that's kind of a nutshell of where where we are as far as bass nation
1: and that's great insight, especially when we're talking about the the cost and the dues. I know there was, um, you know, a lot of anglers. I've talked to a lot of anglers when the, you know, when the prize money came out, the payouts was going to be for the national. And then I couldn't find a single one that was okay with it. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, it is. I know that, you um, uh, you know, bass nation. When it comes to kayak fishing, the National Kayak Series. Not, not talking about your local trail, obviously. Georgia. From what, from what you're telling, it sounds like you're doing it great. You have the flexibility um, that I think um, on the national level they don't have yet, and there are shortcomings. You can see them. Uh, you know, schedules coming out a little bit late. Uh, um you know sign up time cut off times so which actually just changed Dwayne Wally just announced some right. changes on that which I think that's gonna help out. Huge Sh- shout out to what you do like what Dwayne Wally's is doing because I know it's very you get the lion's share of the blame when things don't go you know nobody you know when you're famous tournament director it's usually not good because that means a lot you know when everything goes smooth you never hear about the tournament director right. you hear about the anglers winning and putting such a great show as it should be but then right. when things go bad usually the everybody remembers the tournament director so i know it's a hard job that you guys have um and uh, you know some people will, you know, will say, you know, well, Bass is just getting started. Other people will say, well, it's the biggest name in bass sport, so we should hold it to a higher standard. Which it makes sense. You know, the important thing is that the sport is growing, and right. uh, people like yourself that are doing such a great job of, you know, being that transparent about where the money goes and helping out the anglers, which at the end of the day are the ones that are, you know have a lot of cost involved, but they're the ones also who are putting up the show. You know, they're the ones right. who are growing the sport. You know, right. when you saw like what Mark Pendergrop did in the national um, championship and also Joe McElroy. Um, Joe McElroy, I think, I know his last name is McElroy. But, um, you know, th- that's a, that was a great show. That's one of probably the most exciting um, tournaments out there, not because it was the national championship for... For Bass Nation, but because of the show they put in there you know right it, it was an amazing job so you know was- thank you for <laughs> you know being transparent about some of the stuff that goes um you know as far as the dues and the the payouts and stuff like that because there's a lot of things we don't see we only we always see the headlines right and we make right form opinions, whether right or wrong about the headlines, but we also don't see what goes behind the scenes. So having that peek behind the curtain is something that I really appreciate.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with Dwayne and other, you know, national tournament directors and, you know, it's, it's been a challenge to, uh, to make the transition yeah. and, you know, kind of create or start to the, the marriage with, with the big entities. And I think what we all have to realize is that, you know, it, it takes time. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. you're not gonna know what's wrong until you realize it's wrong. Uh, it's you know, rather than look at, uh, you know, something that went wrong, let's look at how how that entity reacted and, and fixed it. And today was a great, uh, you know, is a great example because um, I did I did notice uh, Dwayne put up the uh, the video regarding that. And you know, that's that's right there is a good example of Bass listening to its customers. Um, but we also have to realize, you know, as a community that bass has been around a long time um you know flw i mean excuse me uh mlf <laughs> I, I get my hands flat when i keep saying that but mlf um, has been around for a while as well and those those entities wouldn't be as successful as they are if they hadn't gotten a process and a procedure in place that made mm-hmm. them successful so i think you know as kayak anglers we need to really kind of evaluate where we are um because if you look at the grand scheme of things i was at the um the first Bass Nation tournament um, that they had there, um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank for where we were. Logan Martin. Um, so <laughs> I was at Logan Martin. I was there as a as a spectator, you know, supporting some of our members here from Georgia. Um, but the thing, the most profound thing that I took away from that Bassmaster, that first Bassmaster Classic that we were involved in, we the kayak angler we were involved in, was that you know, as I sat in that audience, nobody knew anything about kayak angling. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I, I was sitting amongst a, a group of people that were waiting for the big show. And, you know, there they were, our, you know, there our guys were as kayak anglers, you know, walking across the stage, which I was excited for them. Um, yeah. you know, it was a great experience to watch, you know, one of the first ever uh, opportunities for our guys to walk across the stage. Um, but I'll be honest with you, it, it was kind of lackluster. Like and I, I think, yeah. I don't blame Bass for that one bit. Um, you know, here it is. They're giving us an opportunity. Um, it, it just, it, it is what it, it was, what it was. You know, it wasn't good or bad, but my takeaway from it, rather than it being a negative one, was still positive. You know, it was an opportunity that that, that sparked where we'll end up, you know, and we're still not there yet. But to listen to, you know, the audience kind of talk about who are these guys? Why, why are they here? You know, it really, you know, it sent home a message to me that, here it is. We as a community, we get so tight knit in what we do that we we think we're bigger than what we are. And you know, we're we're far we're a far cry, in my opinion. And you know, I may get a lot of negative negative <laughs> feedback for what I'm about to say, but you know, in my opinion, we're a far cry from where we're going to be. And you know, I yeah. think um, we have to realize that in anything that grows, it, it does become a business. And you know, for those of us who don't necessarily agree with uh, you know not having a hundred percent payout in a, in a tournament or, you know, having, having to pay dues or what have you, you know, it it does become a business at some point. And we're, we're starting to get to that point. Um, You know, there's a lot of great trails out there. Hobie and AJ McCorder, he does a fantastic job out there, but you know, if, if you say that Hobie is not about business, then, in my opinion, you're wrong because Hobie started that as a business. I don't, I'm not saying this in a negative way at all. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, it's a very positive thing because they've got a great tournament. AJ's a great guy. But let's face it, it, it's it's all about business. And, you know, that that goes right down to the sponsorships and the pro staffs. And, you know, everybody has their opinions about all of this. But um, at the end of the day, it, it's it's about the dollar. Um, that's that's what drives us and, and continues to help us grow. And we haven't hit that mark yet, you know. As kayak anglers, we don't we don't bring to the table what you know the bass boat side does. Um, you know, we are not selling eighty, hundred thousand dollar boats. We're selling you know five thousand dollar boats at max. Um, so there's not a lot of money there in our industry. We have to look at it and realize that you know the professionalism needs to start in the kayak community, so that those outside entities, those big bait companies, those rod companies look at us and say, Hey, that's, I can get a return on investment from those guys, but I'll be honest with you. You know, I think, and I'm a huge Facebook troller. My wife will tell you that a (laughs) hundred times. I look at our community and I kind of take a step back sometimes. And I'm like, you know, if, if I'm a, if I'm a manufacturer, if I'm a guy that's going to invest money into something, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to want to invest it in these guys because they're unorganized. They seem unhappy. You know, it's just, it's a constant negative i think the negatives are outweighing the positives in what we're doing i think we all need to step back realize that we have an opportunity and and start to embrace it you know and start to realize that yes this is a business yes we do have to have some sort of professionalism to attract these guys from the outside to help us get to that next level that's a good
1: point no 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 that's perfect i you hit the nail on the head and i wanted to Talk a little bit about that because there is, like you said, there it's okay to expect Bass Nation to do a better job. That it's okay to expect it. There's different channels, and there's the right way, and there's the wrong way. Now, being from a from a t- standpoint of a podcast, we have recorded shows where we point out what we think or what we feel could be better. Now, that's very different from. Attacking somebody's character on social media, right. or just going on a tangent, you know, with profanities because you're upset at something—that that's very different. It it's okay, you know, if you wanna, if you're gonna make uh, uh, an observation, a constructive criticism, it would be it would have more weight if you offer also an alternative. You say, I don't like the way the payout structure ours is okay. What is the way that you like the payout structure? Is you want right. it to be top heavier, you want it to be more inclusive, and there's a way, and then you can, you know, you can go directly to Bass Nation and email them. And sometimes it, it is okay to put it out there in the media, you know, podcasts, um, live shows. It's okay to express your opinion, but doing it in a matter of that respect, you know, in now, in the way it comes out like a whiny little baby on a, you know, throwing a tantrum because you're not getting your favorite toy. You know, there's different ways to approach sure. this. And and going back to what you said, you know, AJ has set has set the bar high. You know, we've gotten we've gotten so used to how AJ's running the Hobie Bos, and to me, my opinion, it's not flawless, but it's the closest tournament we have that is been as close to perfect right. as you can think um and there is yes there is an, um, there it, there is a business and there's a question is what's the take home and you know and, and what are we paying out of pocket to support this organization everybody's going to have their opinion but yes we you know you know thank god for aj <laughs> and the work he's doing um right. but at the same time we you know we're getting we're getting very pampered by what they're doing and maybe we have to realize not everybody's going to run it that way you know right. and you right. know cool. and you know be thankful that the hobby and angler are running it the way they are if that's what you like and if you know a lot of anglers especially tournament anglers would agree that's one of the best ways but right. again it's it's a point of especially when it comes to your tournament directors i'm sure you're going to appreciate this you know if you're going to address an issue with your tournament director, go one-on-one first, you know, and offer your criticism and offer your alternative solution to what you think it should be run and do in a manner that's respectful before going on a tandem on social media. That's, I think that's the best way to go about
2: it. I would agree. You know, and I, I think, you know, the amount of time and effort that these tournament directors are putting in are actually just volunteering for the most part because, you know, none yeah. of us are, Getting paid to, to do what we do, um, unless you're on the national level, then maybe. But even then, it's still you know it's still more of a passion than it is you know return on on your investment of time. Um, so yeah, I think you know at, the huge respect would be to reach out to that, that tournament director because at the end of the day, I, I've never met a tournament director that wanted to disappoint any of its anglers. Yeah. Um, you know, I think anything that we've seen on social media was done intentionally by any means, but. Sometimes it can be misconstrued by the way, like you said, the way it's thrown out there, you know, it's just shotgun blasted out there. There's no, you know, there's only one side to that story and, and it could be reflected badly on that tournament director and it didn't need to, it didn't need to be. And that that's yeah. kind of what I'd like to see more of us as a community get better at. And, you know, you nailed it. I, I don't know of any, any tournament director that I've ever talked to that, that isn't approachable, that can't be contacted and, and those discussions can happen offline rather than you know, a blast on social media, because uh, I think that's the one thing that you know. Again, being that business person, looking from looking outside in, you know, seeing those types of things, just it puts a negative on on our community as a whole. And I, you know, I think we can. We can definitely get better. I'm all about free speech. I'm, you know, I, I love, uh, mm-hmm. you know, talking about that. It kind of makes me think of Kayak Bass Nation. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I do get, <laughs> I do get stuck sometimes. Uh, but again, you know, there, there are certain things that I think, uh, you know, get misconstrued and, and, and out of hand. But hey, you know, yeah. more power to you. You know what you're getting into if you're walking into the nation. So, you know, yeah, you, should, you shouldn't be uh, offended if you do get offended there. Uh, you know, they've done a great job and I think they're a yeah. huge influence. Um, so you know even those guys I, they seem very approachable and uh, honestly they they help our sport in, in certain aspects yeah. for us to look at and realize hey you know this may be a problem somewhere else and it hasn't been in mine uh, maybe I should look into doing that um, but again you know I think at the end of the day you nailed it you know just reach out to your tournament director if you got an issue with with something that happened in your local trail and or even your national trail and just have that discussion before blasting it out there
1: Definitely. So you're also involved, Freddie, and more importantly, and I really wanted to bring you on the show to talk about this. You're also involved in youth tournaments, high school and college level. Is that
2: correct? Correct. Yeah. Tell us a little Uh, bit about that. The
0: 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911, and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
2: So um, the high school level, we, uh, m- my wife and I and, and David, um, who's the owner of Coyote Outfitters here in Athens, um, we, we started the uh, Georgia high school kayak fishing association. Um, we affiliated with, uh, what was then student angler FLW and has now become a uh, student angler MLF. Um, we've affiliated with them to uh, provide opportunities for our anglers to, uh, fish the high school world championships and the uh, high school national championships. Um, they hold that, they host those once a year. Uh, it's a huge opportunity for our kids to, uh, to go and fish for, uh, a large sum of um, scholarship money. Um, it gets them in front of um, colleges uh, that are recruiting uh, for their bass team. So huge opportunities at the end of the year, during the summer every year with uh, student angler. Um, we started uh, last year was our first year. Uh, we sent um, a team to uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin, uh, which I'd, I'd love to, to give a shout out to Kale uh, Henderson and Will Holloway. They were our first team. Uh, they went out there and fished against 312 boats and finished uh, 72nd, I believe. So you know, not a not a bad uh, finish for two guys that uh, they didn't fish any in the boat series that year for high school. Uh, merely fishing out of kayaks, and then they uh, jumped into a bass boat and went and fished a river that they knew nothing about. So they did very well um, out there, and and we knew we knew they would. Um, that's you know pretty interesting and I'll just talk, I'd like to talk about that later, just the the differences in, in both kayaks, but, um, so we sent them there last year. Um, we went into our second season this year. Um, and mind you, we did that all through COVID, um, which was, uh, really interesting for us because being our first year, you know, safety's in the forefront of everything we do with the high school kids. Um, you know, when we first started the high school program, we had a ton of volunteers that were basically their coaches. So, We'd have volunteers that would show up to the tournaments and they would go out and and keep an eye on our kids while they were out there fishing in their spots well when COVID hit that kind of changed the dynamic um, we were going to just you know kind of put the put the season on pause um, but rather than that we we listened to our parents and anglers they wanted to continue on they realized that uh, kayak fishing could be done virtually and that's what we did you know we went to virtual captains meetings and we changed uh, the format for our coaches to kind of it, it parlayed into basically parents taking their kids out, um, which has been you know amazing to see uh, th- these parents getting the opportunity to to be in a competitive setting with their kids and just watching them smile as they come off the water and, and having a great day whether they caught fish or not is you know very uh, very satisfying to to the whole team. My wife and I you know, we enjoy watching you know those relationships kind of get that opportunity to bud where they may not otherwise, you know, have that opportunity to just get that one-on-one time. Um, so we did that and um, we, we finished out the season. Like I said, we sent Kale uh, Henderson and Will Holloway out to uh, Wisconsin. This year changed a little bit and we realized that, you know, the dynamic was changing. So we allowed the parents to continue to fish with their, with their anglers, as long as the anglers handle the fish. You know, there's a rule set uh, put in place there. Uh, they're there mainly to uh, to keep an eye on our on our anglers as they're out there on the water, um, but this year we sent Kale um, uh, Henderson won the uh, spot again this year, but uh, this year was a little different. He had a different partner, which was his younger brother, uh, who I believe is in eighth grade, um, and they both went out to um, Hartwell and fished in the national championship this year and did very well. I, I don't, I haven't had an opportunity to find out where they finished place wise, but you know they went out there and. And fished well, caught limits every day, and uh, you know stuck stuck in there until the final round. I think they were knocked out there at the final round, but uh, it was still exciting to, to keep tabs on them.
1: That's pretty cool. And congratulations to you know the those young gentlemen that are doing, uh, putting you know Georgia on the map when it comes to you know youth tournament. It's interesting because you mentioned something about um, them fishing kayaks, um, you know, locally. And then when it goes to the other tournaments, they have to switch to a boat. So in my opinion, I know we talked about this, um, kayak anglers to me have an advantage. And I'll let you, before I, I give you my two cents, let me hear you. What's your two cents on what do you think? kayak anglers are better than bull, or not necessarily better, but a kayak angler is going to make you a better board angler. Let's just put it right. that way.
2: Yeah. I had a, I had the opportunity. This is the second time this week. I've been asked that question. I uh, spoke to uh, a bass coach for uh, one of the college teams in Tennessee this earlier this week. And he asked me the same question. And, you know, to me it is, you know, obviously it's the limitation in, in, in space, you know, where, where, where you pick as a kayak angler is pretty much what you have to work. And you know, the question was posed to me of, of you know, what I thought an advantage on a kayak it would be versus a boater. And I said, well, I can, I can assure you, or I feel confident, and maybe my bias, but whatever, I, I feel like we can take kayak anglers and put them in a boat, and and they will be successful. Um, my reasoning for that is that the, you know, successful kayak anglers are able to really understand the area that they choose um, for that given day. And they will pick that, that area apart. They will find different, you know, different, different ways of enticing those fish in that, in that particular area that, you know, that reach that they can get with either a paddle pedal or trolling motor. You know, so to me, to be able to hone your skills and, and do the best that you can do within a confined area versus that ability to run and gun, you know, I, I think that's what gives kayak anglers the advantage. And, you know, it's funny. We were talking about the national championship for bass earlier, and I think they t- a lot of uh, professional bass anglers took note uh, with what yeah. Mark and the guys were doing out there. I mean, they were – I think they were floored when, when they saw it. And we couldn't have asked for a better opportunity to really showcase, you know, the best of the best, in my opinion. And that's that's something that, that bass is, has done very well. Um, you know, if anything that – I would say was a success for them this year. It was that tournament. Um, it was, you know, they were, they were put on a stage to to do well and show out. And, you know, I think they exceeded everybody's expectations. So that's the differences in, in what I feel. I think, you know, boat anglers are, are just as savvy and, you know, there's, there's a different mindset that you have to have coming from a boat, um, in order to be successful. Um, but I, I ultimately think in my opinion, if I was asked who I would take, whether I would take a, You know, odds on a kayak angler or a boat angler, I would definitely put my odds on a kayak.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, something that's not mentioned enough. A true kayak angler. And I'm not saying that I am at that level, but because I think that's one of the things that I still have to improve in my game. But it's not just learning to pick out the spot is choosing a spot. Because again, when you're on a boat, you're like, you look overall at the lake and you decide, OK, I'll start here, I'll start here. And if it doesn't work, I'll move here. A kayak angler is going to really have to study. It's really a great kayak angler. That's what separates some of the elites with the, you know, the rest of the kayak um, uh, fishing community as far as the tournament scene goes, is they have to spend a lot of time breaking down a lake and dividing them into quarters or depending how big the lake is, and decide, okay, I've studied the lake. I've looked at the maps. I used the technology that's available to me. I've read the blogs. I read the histories on the lake. And that's and that's the other thing. It's Add to that that the fact that one part of the lake is gonna be great at one time of the year, but it's gonna be not so great at another time of the year. So a kayak angler, if it's really want to be successful, he really has to put a lot of, lot of work researching where he's gonna fish. So a lot of the, the you know, uh, the most important work is before the tournament starts. Because again, you don't have a boat. You can't just say, "Well, I'll hit this point. I hit this point. I hit this point." No, it's I'm not gonna have time from this point to that point. So okay. which point do I think is gonna work better? And there's a lot of research. Let's look at history where people have catching them, you know, water temperatures, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that a kayak angler has to study. And again, we're talking about the elites, you know, we're comparing the right. elite kayak anglers with the elite bass boat anglers, in my opinion, you know, because of the work they have to do, research makes them a better angler. They don't have that. We've mentioned it before we, they can't move, you know, 20, 40 miles per hour to get to the other side of the lake and fish their spot. I, I, to me, it's funny because when I was I was at the um, at the Bassmaster Classic at you know where where they were holding um, holding the you know the finals as not the lake but just the expo you know where they're showing you know the finals everybody coming and you know showing off their fish and you can see them they get to the boat they drive up you know with the trailer get to that to the. Life will lift the bass and they're, you know, lifting it like, yeah, like the championship belt for WWF. Right. And I'm thinking that's a best at two or three pounder, man. It's like if I do that on a kayak tournament, I am going to be shamed. of like, <laughs> if I am going out there lifting my bass and yelling, I better have at least an eight pounder on my hand. If I'm doing that with a two-pounder, it will be like, what the heck are you doing, man? <laughs> it's like, so it was funny to me when I see the guys drive up. It's like, I, you cannot do that. I'm like, I, I fish a tournament. You'd be scorned if you're showing off a two-pound bass and you think you caught something special. So it's funny. But anyway, so going um, back to the youth tournament, what what are the benefits for parents that are listening to this show or kids that are listening to this podcast – what are the benefits of them trying to get their school enrolled in this? What's in it for them, as far you know, other than having a great time? <laughs> um, and uh, how can they get their school
2: involved in it? Um, those are two really good <laughs> questions. You know, the first one, uh, you know what what can they get out of it? Um, you know, I as I'd mentioned a little earlier, I was on the phone with a, one of the uh, college bass fishing team uh, coaches earlier this week and you know they are they are taking note Um, and I think here in the next few years we'll we'll start to see that evolution going into uh, colleges as a matter of fact we'll probably see it as early as this year um, where some of the universities that uh, are very serious in the bass fishing world um, are going to start hiring coaches for the kayak side. Um, you know, it was a very interesting conversation that I had this week and, you know, it's one that I'm hoping to, uh, to kind of build on to provide those opportunities because one of the reasons we started, uh, what we did was to, to provide that opportunity, you know, in whatever means was possible. And right now, currently, you know, it's, it's giving them an opportunity to fish our kayak trail and then flipping to a boat uh, to go fish the national championship with uh, Student Angler Federation to to buy and fish for you know the the millions of dollars that they have every year uh, of um, scholarship money so you know that's that's one of the things that we you know we like to let our, our bass team our high school bass teams know is that there's that opportunity for you know scholarship money if, if someone's willing to put in the time and the effort to become you know a very solid uh, you know, competitive angler uh, those opportunities are there um, but I, I see it on the horizon. You know, and it's 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 close. It's closing on us very quickly. We'll we'll start seeing opportunities for these kids to start getting scholarships for these um, major bass fishing schools, uh, colleges, uh, and universities. Uh, the opportunity to get scholarships from their from those teams as well. So, you know, to to be right now looking outside in, you know, the opportunities are definitely going to be there for you know the lower classmen. Uh, you know, I can't say immediately for. You know seniors and juniors right now but definitely sophomores freshmen and below um can can look for those opportunities to come up whenever they uh, they get ready to graduate from high school so those are things that we're working on as well um you know our association is is willing and, and able to to kind of help the progression of the college level and the college series um you know we hope to be very involved in that and, and help you know really grow that from from a grassroots level Um, But it it, it takes people, uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges that I, you know, my wife and I talk about all the time with David is that, you know, it's getting the word out. How do we get, you know, how do we, we let people know that we're out there? Um, You know, it's, it's an easy sell when we finally do get in front of the coaches and the, and the schools. Um, It's just, we, we've had, and we've struggled with, with getting the, uh getting our name out there and, and under, you know, getting people to understand what opportunities we, we can provide uh, their, their anglers if they're willing to fish out of a kayak.
1: And I hope this podcast helps in spreading the word, man. It will be honored just to be part of it and help you guys out. Cause I know you're doing, you know, you're doing a lot of work that is very gratifying, but it's also, you know, very sacrificing. And, right. and I'm sure you take the, you take the gratifying aspect of it and, and way over the you know the sacrifices that you make right. so she, again huge shout out to what you're doing and and your wife like you mentioned is who's also involved with this
2: and the kids that are taking part of it
1: where can people reach out to get more information
2: um you know we hope to get better on our social media um you know that's one thing that as we built we're just really trying to find uh people to to help out with that because that's you know one of those things as you know with social media it's it's about the you know keeping it consistent and and getting it out there on a consistent basis for people to read and understand and that's something that we've we've lacked in the last two years but we're hoping to you know find volunteers to help us keep that on the forefront of everybody but the best place to find me you know if anyone I, you know I, the the reach of your of your podcast is large so any state if you're interested in starting anything within your state um, you know best thing to do would be uh, if you want help or want my help or suggestions i'm more than happy to help um, i can be reached at our um, our facebook page which is georgia high school kayak fishing association drop me a message there um, you know I'll, I'll definitely throw out my telephone number and feel free to call me or, or message me and if you have any questions or want to get more information on how to get started because i don't feel like there's anything that that limits anyone in any state at this point uh, that might want to volunteer to get something going for these kids, um, especially knowing that, you know, on the horizon, we have opportunities coming out of the college level uh, to be able to start something even as, as small as a local, you know, Thursday night, Saturday trail, whatever, you know, it, it, I think as long as you give them that opportunity and that platform to compete, you know, at any level uh, is, is something better than than not having it at all. So.
1: Awesome. So there you go, guys. If you're interested, um, parents, kids that might be listening to podcasts, there's your chance to, um, you know, reach out and see if you can be part of this. And again, we we hope to grow this sport in a way that, you know, it's organic and we usher in the next generation of kayak anglers uh, and take the sport, you know, to a higher level. You know, we don't want it to get stuck where we are. We want it to keep growing, continuing generations after that. They can enjoy and see how big we can get with this. So, again, huge shout out, Freddie, to you and your wife, your family, for doing what you are doing. And hopefully it will keep growing and uh, more kids can take advantage of this. It's great opportunity when you, as a parent, are able to, you know, spend quality time with your kids, have them on a healthy environment, healthy, healthy sports out there in nature, and also – you know, a good opportunity to solidify his education and uh, at least from a financial point of view. So great job. Thanks. So Freddie, I, you know, like I like we were mentioning, (laughs) I, we started talking, thinking we're recording and that was my bad, but I wanted to ask you real quick without keeping you too long. um, The difference between uh, fishing in, Texas and fishing in Georgia because we think as you know Texas big bass capital of the United States we often forget a guy by the name of George Perry in I think 1932 caught the biggest bass to date in the United States I think it was something like 22 pounds on Lake Montgomery so I mean there is huge bass to be found in Georgia am I right or is it how does it compare to Texas
2: I, you know, I, I think there's those opportunities, whether or not I've I found those waters um, at this date, i definitely say I have not. Um, but, you know, the one interesting thing to me is, you know, it's, it's been fishing in Texas, you know, 19 inches, 20 inches, you, you, you can find the waters and find those fish, um, you know, relative. I, I don't mean to undermine it and say that it's easy, but uh, having fished in georgia here in the last three years it definitely i can definitely say for me it's easier um you know that's where I, my hats will go off to uh to all these anglers here on the east coast you know there's so much diversity in in the waters and you know just the, the bottoms are different um the cover is different it's any given section of the state you know you can be thrown a, a curveball and have to really adjust so for that matter you know I, I would say that the difficult it's it doesn't surprise me that we have so many great anglers come from the east coast um and i'm not taking away from texas um yeah, i think we've got you know texas has some great anglers there as well yeah. um but i think as far as you know what what it takes to to catch big fish in texas versus georgia um hands down i I'd, 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 I'd like my odds in texas versus georgia yeah. Uh, you know, Georgia is very uh, it's, it's a very huge outdoor state as Texas is as well. Um, but I think it takes it just a little bit above um, where you've got a lot of a lot of pressure um, in tournaments and and recreational fishing that makes it very difficult to kind of cultivate what we see or what I've seen in Texas. So it's not surprising to me um, that the fish aren't, you know, in abundance of, of large here. Um, but, you know, you still can. You can find those waters that, that are very good and uh, you get some big ones because I've, I've, you know, I'm a huge uh, Facebook troller and I've seen some guys here in Texas <laughs> got some pretty good size wood set. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, yeah, Texas, you know, it's the coin phrase, uh, um, it's always bigger in Texas does apply to <laughs>
2: Bass fishing, I can do that. Yeah, you know. no, not trying to be biased, but you know, in my opinion it does. Especially living in Austin, man. You know, I miss yeah. going out to Lake Austin, and you know, I, I knew if, if I was doing it right, I was easily going to pull in. And you know, I could I could pull in a 19 incher on any given day. And I'm not trying. Yeah. To yeah. Talk, you know, I, that doesn't make no. Me it great. is. It just makes yeah. me you know an opportunist to who, who takes advantage of a great fishery set. So.
1: No, it is. I was, I for the Save JT tournament, Turning X, I was fishing my way out. It got hot, and the water temperatures at that creek was like, I think it was 89 degrees. So I was like, I'm just going to fish my way, way out. um, And I'm going to start throwing a jackhammer just because, not that I think it was going to work. I was thinking, I just want something, you know, I can make multiple, you know, multiple quick casts while I'm, you know, paddling back to the boat ramp. And I figured, it's probably not going to work. It's probably it's it's this is not the bait for this conditions. But if I can hit one in the nose, you know, maybe I'll be lucky if I get multiple tasks and I just pinpoint my cast where I think there might be a bass. You know, I may just hit one in the nose and boom, there it is. You know, but I wasn't expecting because I figured this is not. This is not what I would do if I was actually on a live tournament. It was just, okay. just I'm pushing my way out, let's do it. And sure enough, I hit one right in the nose, 21 incher. Oh, wow. Now, I did throw it right at that spot where I wanted to. I, you know, my, my, my I wasn't a lucky cast. Um, And I figured there should be a bass in that spot. But it was one of those things where it's like, you know, I wasn't really like honing in on one specific skill. I was just, you know. Getting my way out, and I figured, well, might as well keep casting while I'm while I'm leaving to the boat ramp. And you know, if you catch a 21 inch, it's it's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm at best a mediocre kayak angler. I'll tell you that right now. And maybe I'm a little better, but I'll just say I think I'm just mediocre. <laughs> and I still constantly think I can get you know 18, 19, an occasional 20 incher So. If I can do it, anybody can do it in Texas, honestly.
2: <laughs> well, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one because I've said it on several podcasts and I'm thinking, well, maybe people are thinking I'm crazy. But, yeah, it's it's been yeah, a and- challenge. I so, have <laughs> and- to ask you guys because, that you know, they, they yeah. will go out and put some numbers up in any given day. And, uh, you know, for a lot of these tournaments, it, it's just a huge – it doesn't matter where we're at, Reservoir Lake, here in Georgia, you know, there's just so- – so much tournament activity in John boats and bass boats and kayaks. So, you know, for them to pull the numbers that they do, my hats definitely go off to them. I'm yeah. like, man, you, you must have a sweet spot or you've done a ton yeah. of research to know what you're doing. And, you know, again, it's it's all about the work that they put in to begin with and go out there and be successful on any given Saturday.
1: Yep. Yeah. Look at McElroy came up second in the Na- Bass Nation um, series, the national championship, 208 on two days, and he came up second. Right. Jody Quinn on the KBF trail on Saturday, uh, it was in April, came up second, and he had 109 inches. And he came up second to Guillermo Gonzalez who had 110. So it's Texas. It's like, yeah. you know, what can we say? A right. 100, 100 inches here will get you at best third place on most tournaments. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. Yeah. Well, Freddie, uh, like I said, between the time we 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 were recording without hitting the record button and, and the time we've been talking, I've had you more than an hour. So I really appreciate you um, taking the time to come up to the show and uh, you know spread the words on Bass Nation in Georgia and on more importantly the youth tournaments, both in high school and college. Hopefully, we'll get the word out and get some more schools involved with this. Scholarships will be bit better and the sports will keep going and ushering a new generation before i let you go freddie i wanted to give you a chance uh to thank anybody you want to thank any companies that sponsor what you're doing anybody else that you might want to thank
2: um yeah you know i'd like to uh to thank westbrook supply out of atlanta uh, for being a huge supporter of the high school side of things as well as um, coyote outfitters in athens uh they've been they've been wonderful and helping us with prize packs and you know, taking care of the kids as far as handing them discounts for uh, being a high school angler and going in and purchasing kayaks, um, as well as Big Bear fishing rods. Um, that you know, Rob over there has been supportive of everything we've done, and you know, I can't can't thank him enough for for what he does for us. Um, I, you know, I'd also like to give a huge shout out to uh, to our Bass Nation uh, sponsors because without them, and you know, a lot of a lot of things aren't possible, and especially mm-hmm. this uh, this uh, shop that I'm about to to mention uh dugout bait and tackle out of marietta uh jamie cosa yeah. and his team are phenomenal i mean the, the guy just he <laughs> i i can't thank him enough for what he's done for our sport um mm-hmm. he, he's just a, a man who's who's very um uh, he's an honorable guy and he he just wants to give back to the community and he does so and in, in huge volume um i can't thank him enough um and also uh Shane Coulter out of um, Automotion Customs um, here in Georgia. They they've been a huge supporter for Bass Nation as well. And you know, again, without these guys, we, you know, we we can't do what we do on the tournament director side. Um, Fishhead um, is another sponsor that I'd like to definitely throw a shout out to. They've they've really stepped up on the high school side um, and and helped us with prizes uh, for every tournament. So it's been wonderful to have them on board. Um, I know I'm forgetting some, but those are the ones that really. You know, I truly appreciate and admire and what they do for our sport. So, um, you know, hit them up and support them and what they do because, you know, they are smaller shops and, um, you know, every, every, every bit helps. So, um, you know, like them on Facebook and follow them. They're doing great things.
1: Definitely. So thanks to all of them for supporting you and the great things that you are doing. So, Freddie, thank you so much again for joining us. If uh, For those out there listening, if you made it this far, we appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you to Douglas Rods, my sponsor. Go check them out, douglasoutdoors.com. Um, check out their full lineup find your nearest dealer or online dealer. So, again, thanks to Freddie. If you're going to be out there on the water, guys, please wear your PFD. Stay safe make sure you make it back to your home fam- to your family have a great day everyone this segment is brought to you by jig masters step up your game with high
3: quality performance jigs spinner baits buzz baits and more from jigmasters.com and always when in doubt get the jig out yeah gadget made in america based outside of nashville tennessee Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to Jigmasters.com.
0: Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Waypoint TV.